Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. You know, we've essentially made it to the end of another NFL regular season. And for some people in the league, it might be more than just the end of the regular season. It could be their last few days on the job. Now, I never enjoy that part of it because I'm never looking to get anybody fired. I'm not about that. But it is always part of it, even if I don't enjoy that part of it. In one particular case, it could be the last few days of an entire era. Like, say, arguably the most successful era in the history of the Shield. Totally not looking at you, my fellow half-chouts. No names mentioned, Hoodman. Time might finally be up for you, Hood. If you believe Tom Curran's report from earlier this year, and I do, Bob Kraft already made up his mind to move on a long time ago. But that doesn't mean that he can't or won't still change his mind. I'm not exactly sure what would make him change his mind, but he could. He might. I doubt it. Like, I'll play along. What argument could the hood man make for staying at this point? How could he talk Bob Kraft into keeping him at this point? Short of talking about things that he accomplished five plus years ago, short of basically just saying, hey, Bob, you know what? By the way, old man, you owe me. You owe me. I built that place. I built you. I built that dynasty. You owe me. But then again, once again, this is the very same dude, the hood, who ran off everybody else a year too early rather than a year too late, including the GOAT himself. So by his own standards, the hood man has already overstayed his welcome in New England. By his own standards, Kraft has already let Hoodie hang around a couple of years too long. Not one year too long, but a few years too long. Let me put it to you this way. If Hoodie was Bob Kraft... Hoodie would have canned Hoodie's ass a long time ago. And he would not have thought twice about it. Luckily for Bill Belichick, Bob Kraft is not Bill Belichick. But he does still have standards. Pretty clear standards. And pretty clear expectations. And it's pretty clear that the Hood Man has not met those standards or expectations for a long time now. Now, I would imagine the mumbler does not see it that way. Clearly, the mumbler thinks that he's different than all those players that he ran off. Clearly, the mumbler believes that the Patriots do owe him something. And I also think that it's pretty clear that the mumbler does not want to go anywhere else. Not before he runs down Don Shula, which could take quite some time. In fact, if they want to put that in a contract, that might be a lifetime contract at this point. It could take forever at this point. So why do I think that the hood wants to stay? The big hint that the hood man doesn't want to go anywhere is that all of a sudden he's turned on the charm. You know, this guy's been miserable and been a curmudgeon for months. Well, years, but especially for months. This guy's barely been able to mumble his way through his mumbly pressers while getting constantly peppered with questions about his future. You know what he hasn't been doing in the face of constant questions about his futures? Or his future? Cracking jokes? Cracking 
his idea of a joke, I guess. The Chowd journos, on the other hand, have been cracking him over the head with the kind of questions that they have never been able to ask him before, not before this year. He's been grilled about his status, grilled about whether or not he even wants that job, grilled about whether or not he knows he's already out. And he's found all of this grilling about as funny as a Mac Jones INT. At least until yesterday. Yesterday, all of a sudden, it got pretty funny. Yesterday, he turned on that famous hoodie charm in an appearance on WEEI on Boston. Or should I say, his version of charm. This is the hood man playing politician and trying to answer the huge question hanging over all of New England right now. This is what he did with it yesterday. You know, if I was going to do anything, I'd put it out there on, you know, Twitter and, and my face so everybody could see it. But I don't. You're saving it for the if I don't do that, then I'll just keep it private. I mean, all of a sudden, this dude's got energy in his right. voice. He's enunciating. He's upbeat. He's cracking jokes. He just dealt the my face card again. And my face so everybody could see it, but I don't. Got to play the hits, right? Got to play the hits. And that one has worked before. So what the hell? Might as well try and run that back. Especially when you're trying to charm everybody up so you can somehow keep your job. Even though you have extremely limited charm. It actually would be amazing if that was really how we found out, right? No, I'm serious. That would be an all-time NFL social media moment. If this guy jumped on InstaChat, Instant Chat, out of nowhere, and did a live stream of an announcement that he's trading himself to the commanders, you want to talk about breaking the internet? How amazing would that be? Hey, Bill Belichick here on InstaChat. How's this thing work? Am I on? Am I live? Seriously, imagine. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Can you see me? Just logging on the IC. Anybody, anybody check out my IC stories? Seriously, imagine something more unlikely than Hoodman logging into my face and throwing up a post that was just the peace sign emoji and the words, I'm on a retirement. We're on to Cincinnati. How incredible would that be? I'm on a retirement. We're on to Cincinnati. Or what if, for instance... Out of nowhere, he suddenly created a linked space account and then hit that button where you let recruiters know that you're open to job opportunities. You're open to networking or even better. What if he popped up on, I don't know, FaceTalk and did one of those goofy dances to announce that he was actually staying in New England but giving up GM duties? But you know what's even more absurd than all of that? Even more absurd, you know, than him dancing on FaceTalk? Even more absurd than Belichick pulling out 10-year-old social media jokes to try to butter up Pat's fan and Pat's media? The idea that he's going to pull that move on Bob Kraft and that it's going to work. This idea that in their impending end-of-season meeting... 
Hoodman will, as NBC Sports Boston put it, quote, turn on the humanity. (laughs) That's awesome. Turn on the humanity, quote, end of quote, to appeal to Kraft's, quote, emotional, end quote, side. Now that's hilarious. Turn on the humanity. Dude, what humanity? Humanity from the one dude who has never shown any humanity to any of his players. That dude? The dude whose whole MO is do your job until you can't. And then we put you straight out on the curb with the rest of the trash. You mean that guy? He not only wants to be treated to a different standard than he's always treated his players, but he's also going to convince Bob Kraft to hold him to that different standard because he's going to successfully appeal to Kraft's emotional side. I mean, seriously, of all the absurd things, that might be even more absurd than thinking that Matt, the Ticonderoga, can coach an offense or Joe, the leader of men, could coach a quarterback. You see, Bob Kraft, I don't know this guy really well. In fact, I don't don't know him at all. Only what I've seen over the years. But I'm pretty well convinced that Bob Kraft is not interested in your head games, hood man, or your Jedi mind tricks, or your obvious campaigning, or your incredibly hollow attempt to turn the charm on. Man, this this guy cares about one thing. You know, the one thing you always cared about. The one thing that everybody in that league cares about. Results. He's been pretty clear about that. He was pretty clear, also, that this needed to be a playoff season. And what he got was the exact opposite of a playoff season. What else can Hoodman argue other than, you owe me, Bobby, for all those championships that happened a long time ago? So I've got to tell you guys about this. The other day, I've come across a product that all of us should be carrying around. It's something totally different for fresh breath. It's an amazing product called Zellman's Minty Mouth. And I'm telling you, it's a game changer. If you're up in the grill with somebody else and you're making your case for whatever it is, make sure your breath is fresh. Zellman's cleans your breath in a way that other mints don't and can't. Because it's not just a mint. It's a functional breath freshener capsule that you swallow. Clinically tested against the toughest offenders like garlic and onions. You just pop two or three in your mouth. You suck the minty coating. Then you swallow the capsule for the confidence of fresh, clean breath. And it lasts for hours. This product is like nothing else you've ever tried. It fights bad breath in your mouth and then it goes right down to your gut. This is the ultimate hack to get rid of coffee, garlic, or smoker's breath. You're going to like having the confidence of long-lasting fresh breath or your money back guaranteed. These folks will give you your money back. Not that you'll want it, but they will. They have free shipping if you order three packs or more. Trust me, you're going to want more, and nobody likes to pay for shipping. Go to Zellman's.com right now. That's Z-E-L-M-I-N-S.com right now. You'll get 15% off when you use my promo code Rome. That's Z-E-L-M-I-N-S dot com. You have to use the code Rome to get your 15% savings. Do it now. Hood might want to coast off those rings forever, but clearly Kraft doesn't. Kraft knows he's not going to be around forever. Well, neither is Hood, actually. You see, most great athletes do not get to go out on their own terms. And essentially, zero 
Patriot athletes get to go out on their own terms. Mr. Snapface himself is not going to be any different. Snapface. Or, or, or do this. Make good on your promise. Don't just joke about social media. Be about it. Be about social media. Jump on the X like Mike Tomlin did back in the day, except this time actually bring some straight fire. Fire up that snap face and let us know what you're really thinking for once. I don't know, maybe drop a Bluetooth video out of nowhere, look right into the camera, and hit us all with, I'm not going anywhere, idiots. You can all kiss my ass. Or even better, throw up a post on Insta Chat that just says, I resign as HC of the NEP. Are you writing any of this down, hood man? This is gold. This is my parting gift to you. You think it's nonsense, but you could still be a big-time social media star. I'm telling you, unlike your Patriots' future prospects, your social media future prospects are incredibly promising. Let me put it to you this way. You'll get a lot more views and a lot more likes than wins in your future. So you might want to write some of these ideas down. Yo, Bill, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, if, again, you want to just ridicule me as radio man, you know, like, why would I listen to you, radio man? The hell you know about anything? You don't know bleep about radio. What do you know about football? All right, fine. Cool. I tried. I tried. If you want to go down your route, if you want to go down the charming route, if you want to go down as the charming man, hey, man, go big. Go all in. Go all in. Go all out. Go ahead. Tug at those heartstrings. I mean, I can't even help you with this. Like, Robert's a big Elton John fan, right? Here's what you do. You get the guy out, just you and he, alone in Foxborough. And then you pull him aside and you say, hey, Rob, there are times, you know, there are times where we all need to share a little pain. Kraft will be like, Bill, why did you bring me onto the field all alone by ourselves? Robert, listen to me. When all hope is gone, why don't you tune in and turn them on? Bill? Are you quoting Elton to me? When all hope is gone, sad songs say so much. Then, once that starts to bump, start your slideshow on the jumbotron of all the great memories of the Patriots' dynastic run. I'll even help you. Hey, Rob. Look at the snow. Look at that snow. Woodson thought he stripped it. LOL. Laugh out loud. Hey, Robert, look at this. Adam Vinatieri just bombing it in the same snow. Feels good, right? Hey, hey, Robert. How about that greatest show on turf? More like the greatest no-show Remember that one? Oh, that felt good. Hey, 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 look, look. Baby face Tommy holding that Lombardi with his hat on backwards, 
in complete and utter shock. Pre-chin implants. And with the face <laughs> reduction. Such a dork back then. Remember that? <laughs> Remember what he was like? Hey, 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 check this out. Check out those beautiful double tight end sets. Oh, man, Bobby, remember? Gronk and Aaron, unstoppable and unstable. Actually, more like underground. Am I right? (laughs) Come on, Bobby. Let's run it back. And not just one year, but forever. Or at least as long as it takes for me to run down Don Shula. Come on, big guy. Let's do it. Nice knowing you, Hood. Nice knowing you, Hood. See you wherever you end up next year. Because I'm guessing it's not in Foxborough. He wants to hum- appeal to his humanity. That's good. That's good. Laugh out loud. Dude, you ran off every player you've ever had a year too early rather than a year too late. Yet you want to stay 10 years too late. That's rich. Hey, half fam, where do you come out? College football fans, the championship is here and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on the championship game. What you want to do is download the app right now and use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code ROME, R-O-M-E. Me. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources we are joined right now by mike silver mike what's going on how are you great too how are you man good dude good great to have you back thanks so much mike let me start here i've always always gotten a kick out of the tremendous access and relationships you have with players but seeing you and george kittle and a few of his teammates watching the final seconds of the eagles losing on your phone in the tunnel at fedex field i thought was tremendous and that showed when the niners clinched the top seed how did that actually come to be it was a really cool moment. Uh, I was in that tunnel as their game was ending. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have a book deadline right now. I really wanted a buy and some home games for me. Uh, so I was, I was very interested in the outcome of Eagles Cardinals. And I was watching on my phone. John Lynch, the general manager, saw me. He wanted to know what was going on. He kind of came over. And then Debo was running off and – sort of a corner of his eye saw us and wanted to know the score and then got very, very excited. It was just really cool to see Debo Samuel, George Kittle, these guys who worked so hard who I've watched go through these emotions, uh, you know, to get to this point, just kind of act like a combination of little kids and sports fans who have no power but are just waiting for uh, a reason to celebrate, and uh, it, it worked out for all of us, including me, who needed the buy. 
<laughs> I think that's a great description. Mike Silver joining us. So, Mike, I don't know how many different ways I can ask this question, but I keep asking it because seemingly it won't go away. Question being, every week seems to bring some sort of referendum on Brock Purdy, who bounced back from his four INT game against the Ravens to set the Niners' new single-season passing yardage record on Sunday. Obviously, this dude is so much more than a game manager. In your opinion, how much of his success is based on his skill set and how much of it comes from playing in Kyle Shanahan's system? I mean, I may be influenced by the fact that I've been around it the whole time a lot, but I think he's unbelievably good, and people are so uh, immersed in the the power of the draft and their belief that the draft is transformative and the coverage of the draft and a cottage industry of who's going to be drafted uh, that they're missing it. Um, yeah, he was drafted 262nd and last. And in a lot of people's minds, that means he's not good enough to lead a team or be a frontline player. But what I've seen is a guy who came in with swag, carried himself like he belonged, uh, has made gutsy throws, uh, not just been a robot. You know, he's executing a great system hand runs, uh, probably the most sophisticated and strategically advanced system that there is. And you've got unbelievable skill players that he can get the ball to, but he's also making off schedule plays, using his mobility and taking risks. And I I just think people are missing it, Jim. He, he did have a four interception game against the Ravens. I think if you look at most young quarterbacks who ended up being great in their first 20 ish, starts they have games like that but uh, I had no belief that he would be phased and remember he's come back from a potentially ruinous injury to his throwing arm already like this this kid doesn't seem to get overly phased by the negative or the positive but I think he's just a stone cold killer out there I did too, Mike. And not only that, let's face it, other young quarterbacks have played in that system and not done nearly as well. And I've talked to enough of his teammates. I mean, you cover that team, so you know, but I've had enough of his teammates on this show who absolutely love the guy. So I'm pro Purdy. I think the guy's a hell of a player. Let me ask you about the Ravens, who you mentioned. They've got, Mike Silver's my guest, they've got the best record in the league right now. They were dominant in back-to-back wins over the Niners and the Dolphins. Like, Mike, I would anoint them as the ones to beat, but every time I do that in this wacky season, it comes back to bite me in the back. So let me ask you, are the Ravens the most complete team in the league right now? And in your opinion, are they the ones to beat? Yeah, I, and I just saw them on Christmas night, you know, really give it to the 49ers. And I know a lot of people have said, well, there were turnovers and look at the yardage. No, they they, they made those plays. They got the ball. They didn't need the yards. They, they were up 21 points late on a 49ers team that is also in that conversation. So, yeah, what a, what a great job they've done. Uh, I, they got a little lucky organizationally. They were playing with fire with – Lamar, but um, wow, it is just, it's been so good. He's been so good. Quick shout out to all the coaches and GMs who either have been fired or will be fired who didn't want Lamar when he was there for the taking. And I know there were, wasn't a, an easy thing to get done, but people didn't take that swing and it's laughable. 
So, yeah, the Ravens just dropped 56 on Vic Fangio, and before that took apart the Niners at home. They are absolutely the team to beat. Uh, I did believe going into the season that the 49ers, with reasonably good health, uh, were the best team, and they, because of the bye, and that's one reason those guys were so happy, they really, really craved it. Uh, because of that bye, they have a chance to be relatively healthy, at least going into the, their first game. And to me, they are the class of the NFC. I think the Eagles are done, for example. So you never know what's going to happen to these games. They're very tight. Uh, calls happen, tip balls. You know me, Jim, I've been at Miracles, Music City, Minnesota, the play, all of it. So uh, I, I can't tell you for sure what's going on, but to me, the Ravens and 49ers have not only earned those seeds, but they've earned the the role as presumptive favorites. We are talking to Mike Silver. Mike, you mentioned Philadelphia, so let me follow that up quickly. They may not have been what their record said they were, but, man, they are a disaster right now. How did that thing unravel as quickly and as badly as it did? Yeah, it's a great question, and I'd like to kind of dig into it. Um, you know, I'm very preoccupied reporting on the 49ers and – doing this book, and uh, I haven't been as nationally attuned to some of these things in my own mind, at least. But let's take a stab at it, because I know a lot of these people and what's going on. Um, you know, I I think seriously there's a good and a bad. The, the fake tough guy, I'm the Philly guy, we are emotional, we're, you know, kind of going to overwhelm you with our street cred, you know, that vibe can be really good and really bad. And, you know, I, I covered a game there where uh, a security guard who was standing next to the coach as he did his fake tough guy act, in my opinion, uh, you know, pushed Dre Greenlaw, which big dumb. I mean, he may be the bravest guy in NFL history, pushing Dre Greenlaw in uniform, knowing what I know about his mentality and how, how on the edge he played. So, I, I don't know. I, they had all that swag, and then when you kind of start to lose it, that can kind of hurt you, and you get into a weird emotional tailspin the other way. And Jayla Hurts is so transcendent so often and really was a lot in those first 11 games, but he's a young quarterback too, and I think he's playing more hurt than he's letting on. And, you know, just as Brock Purdy threw four picks on Christmas night, Jalen Hurts is still working through what I believe will be his ultimate greatness. Uh, and then, you know, they haven't figured it out uh, on defense to the point where Matt Patricia, who I think we would all agree miscast as he was, was the worst assistant coach in the NFL in 2022. He was the offensive coordinator essentially in New England, and it was a disaster. Defense is his specialty, but he's your emergency defensive coordinator, and now you can't stop a Cardinals team that is coached by your former defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I think if you're in the NFC, you are trying to do the math to figure out a way to play the Eagles in your first game. That you're is like, the How truth. can I get Philly? I don't care if it's in Philly. I don't care if I'm in the NFC South. I just want a piece of the Eagles. 
That's an incredible statement, right? Like, who would have thought a few weeks back that that would be the team that you would want to play, and you don't care where it is, but that's the team you want. You know, Mike, you mentioned your book. Now, you and I have known each other a long, long time. I mentioned off the top that you wrote the book Rice, but you and I go far enough back that we remember the Dennis Rodman years, the Rodman book. I got to know, man, what's the new book? Well, don't forget the Kurt Warner book, but 21 years later, they actually made into a major motion picture. And, I, Jim, I think about that a lot because of Purdy. Not that it's quite as improbable, uh, but similarly, don't be fooled by the nice guy persona. Like, Kurt was an assassin, and I think there's some similarities with Purdy. So, Jim, the new book is a look at Mike Shanahan and then that that group that he spawned, uh, including, and obviously a big part of it is Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur, Raheem Morris, and a lot of these guys who, who I believe are changing the game and have a different way of doing it. And I've been on this for a long time. I've, I know all those people really well. I, they're all very different, and they're all a little out there. But uh, I've got great access, and I'm going to take people into that world and, and explain to them why this coaching crew is different and transformative. I love it. I love it. I love that you get a project like that and you're still hitting it that hard at this high level. Really quickly, Mike. So, Mike Shanahan, how and why is he not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's a, that's an ambition. I, and I, I hope when people read this book that they'll feel that even more because I saw him back when I was covering the 49ers for newspapers and I've come full circle now after all that. Uh, you know, he came in as the offensive coordinator after Mike Holmgren left in 1992. Joe Montana got injured for the second consecutive preseason. And Steve Young, who was a ultra-talented player but was not Joe and was really still rough around the edges in a lot of ways, uh, really became a different guy under Mike Shanahan. And, and I saw Steve go through that, and I kind of understood why. He then, after three years there and that great Super Bowl win over the Chargers, became the Broncos head coach, changed John Elway's career trajectory, uh, took outside zone principles and merged it with what he knew now for the West Coast offense and um, created a system that still, uh, it's been evolved and it's, it's definitely uh, modern now, but it, it created a system that's the template for a lot of the the greatness we see out there strategically today. Uh, and there are a lot of other attributes. So, yeah, I do think Mike Shanahan is a no-brainer Hall of Famer. They've never given me a vote. I used to have a bully pulpit for eight years at NFL Network because I was on all the shows. Now I have no vote and less of a bully pulpit, but I do have a book. So everyone look for that next fall. Yeah, and a place with the Chronicle. And, you know, you're always welcome here to make that point. Mike Silver joining us. I'm going to look forward to that book. That's going to be a great book and a great read. He is a columnist with the San Francisco Chronicle, a partner at Backstage Media. He is Michael Silver. Mike, really appreciate you. Happy New Year, bro. We'll do it again soon. Right back at you, Jim. Thanks so much. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time, don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. 
I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating an old shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? In market, on topic, Buffalo Lou. What's going on, Lou? How are you? Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You were preempted yesterday for a couple of hours, and uh, so I didn't get to see the beginning of your show. So, but I figured you, you might be talking more about uh, college football than, uh, than the NFL. But if you remember, I'm the guy that called at the beginning of the year. I've been following these guys because I'm 77 years old. And I get off the bandwagon. My good friend cries for two days when they lose. And you've been talking all year, every week, what, what team is going to show up this week? What, who are the Buffalo Bills? Well, I, they, I, I guess they're going to do the run, just like, like he said he was going to do. Um, again, we played in New England and got by with, with only a six-point win when we had four turnovers and they, and they ran the ball back uh, uh, you know, on the beginning play, it's just you just the stress that this team puts you under is crazy. We were 14 point favorites two weeks in a row, and we got to bite our fingernails and and make sure our our blood pressure medicine is up to date, or or we're going down. It, it is just maddening. It is just maddening. I know, right, so, Lou? I'm let me a- let me jump in. Happy New Year, Lou. My man, I'm not going to tell you how to think. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. But you did just tell me you're 77. My man, <laughs> let's step back now. Breathe through it. My man, if you're 77 and you're a Bills fan, I bet you've been watching football for 70 years. You know the old cliche, control the controllables. You have no control over what happens this weekend. I want to see you get to 87, Lou. 97. Lou, I want to see you get to 78. Lou, I want to see you get to Monday, bro. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Lou, didn't you call last year and say you're 75? <laughs> Is there some sort I of leap year going on here? Old. I, I am 75 years old. But you're 77 right now. In September, you called. Now that I'm looking at this right here. In September, you called and you told me you were 75. I am 75 years old. Today's January 3rd. How did you have two birthdays? Because I'm 77 years old. When did you turn 76? I know what's going on here, Lou. The bills are aging you in dog years. I am 75 You've aged two old. years in the last four months. Because I'm 77 years old. By the end of Sunday, you might be 97. See what I'm saying, Louis? What's going I on am here, Lou? Seventy-five years old. Did you listen? Listen. At that age, conceivably, you might have forgotten how old you were. Because I mean, I'm, I'm not as old as you, and I have moments old. like that. Well, I never actually forgot how old I was. Here's the thing. 
you do not have to declare your age when you call. In fact, I don't want to get in trouble here. But if you're 77 or older, I would prefer you not declare your age. Unless, of course, you age two years in the last four months, then knock yourself out. I am 75 years old because I'm 77 Lou, years old. we have old. technology. I know when you made that call. You made that I call in September. In September, old. you were 75. How are you 77 in July? Because I'm 77 years old. Because if that's the way the game works, I am 75 years old. I'm 40. Old. I don't know, dude. Are you a time traveler? Did you travel into the future so you know what's going to happen this weekend? You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Of course, I'm talking about Mark Pope. Mark, it is awesome to have you as always. What's going on, Mark? How are you? Jim Rome, I'm doing so good, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to jump on the Zoom for the last two minutes, and I have butterflies, man. Like, I'm embarrassed to say that. I freaking, I, 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 you know, you talk about 30-year listener. You can put me on that list. And, um, like, I'm super happy to be on the show, man. It feels like my dream you know, I, I, I played – well, I sat on the bench one year for the Knicks, and my dream of dreams, I thought like I would have fully arrived if I ever could have done something bad enough or great enough to get on the back cover of the post. And this is right there, man. I'm hyped to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Man, you're the best. You're something else. I mean, you've, you've said things like that before, Mark. You and I, we, we go back far enough that you don't need to reset that, but I always appreciate hearing it. Listen, your team is off to an amazing start. In fact, it's the program's best start since the 87-88 season. You have the nation's best scoring margin at 29 points per game. You're ranked in the top 15 pretty much like everybody outside the program called it. Am I right? Yep, that's what the prognosticators were saying. Uh, it's been su- it's been super fun for us right now. Um, you know, we we, uh, we just have a bunch of guys that are really committed to each other and and um, are, are really trying and signed up for a multi year project, which is which is so it's it's like becoming crazy rare in college basketball that you have guys that are willing to do that and. And uh, certainly early in the season, um, these guys have, have balled out and, and, and we're about to start this next uh, daunting journey. And, and I got a lot of confidence in my guys, so I'm excited to see, see what we can do in this league. I know what you're talking about. I can't wait to ask you about the league, and I will in a minute. Mark Pope is my guest. Mark, when you mentioned that you've got a bunch of guys that are bought in for a multi-year commitment, that is the biggest thing, right? That continuity, that consistency. How did you get that buy-in from this group? Well, we, we, you know, we, it's, it's interesting because we, we um, you know, our first uh, few years here, we, we were ranked in the top 25 our first three years here. And we, we, at the same time, we felt like we weren't even close to being a top, you know, a final four team, which is something that we've never done at BYU. That's a dream of every program in college basketball and certainly something that we have on our radar that we're shooting for. And so, uh, we also knew we were going to move into this Big 12 in, in a couple years, and and so we we, you know, we did the dumbest thing in the world, which is we went super young last year and kind of just said, hey, 
we're going to try and at least go into this league with where we have some familiarity with our roster, where we know our guys and they know us and we've been in the system for a year. And, and, um, and then it's like every coach in America and every team in America is just, you, you jump into the spring and you just, uh, you just, you're just hoping that your guys love each other enough and love the experience enough that they're willing to stick around and, and play. And, um, you know, we had a core group that was like, yep, we, we want to run this back and do it again. And, and you know, we, we have a core group that will be back again next year. And, and so um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a distinct approach to, to what college basketball has driven us all to do. And, and, and so far it's been really fun, man. But it doesn't happen without incredible – you know, we have really, really good players and we have better human beings, better people. We have really special people on this, in this program from all over the world. And uh, it's an exciting group, and we're excited about, you know, growing together for the next couple of years. You know, it sounds like coach speak, but it's not. Not in your case, Mark. I know this. Mark Pope joining us. When you mention you've got guys from all over the world, it really is true. You've got a player from Mali. You've got a player from Egypt. You've got a player from Tanzania. You've got a 26-year-old in Spencer Johnson, who is the <laughs> second oldest player in Division One ball. What is it like then to coach a team that's so diverse with players from so many different backgrounds? Well, it's, it's, it's become a real gift for me because I don't have to do much right now. Um, you know, you, you talk about Spence and, and you talk about the road that he's traveled to get where he is, um, you know, and he's just one of a bunch of coaches on the floor. You know, we have this, this Ali Khalifa, you know, we're, we're trying out nicknames. We're kind of wrestling with the Egyptian magician right now. If you've had a chance to watch his film, it's, it's really true. Um, you know, he's the first player I've ever heard of in my life that halfway through the season as a seven footer has an eight assist, one turnover game, eight assist, one turnover. And it just destroyed his assistant turnover ratio for the season. <laughs> so, you know, we got a bunch of guys like that that are kind of bought into, to, to, um, to doing this and they, they work really well together and they bring all different world views and that's actually been a strength for our team and, and uh, everything in the middle. It's pretty great. BYU head coach Mark Pope is joining us. So you played incredibly well at a conference. You mentioned what it's going to be like to go into conference. On that point, I spoke with a couple of other Big 12 coaches recently in Houston's Kelvin Sampson and Oklahoma's Porter Mosier. Full transparency, I love both those guys like yeah, I love you too. They both told me that this year's Big 12 is the deepest conference Conference they have ever been a part of. I mean, I don't actually need to see the start of conference play to know that this league is a freaking meat grinder. You've got six teams currently ranked nationally. How does the conference look to you top to bottom right now? Well, I mean, I'll give you a sense. Is West Virginia um, is, is the, the team, one of the teams in the conference that hasn't got out to its traditional great start. And they just got two guys eligible, well, three guys eligible uh, that are all superstar players, and 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 you know, going into conference, you're thinking maybe that's the the one team you have a chance to beat, and and they just got three superstars added to their roster, right? And so um, it's it's awesome, you know, as, as a coach and an athlete, you can't ask for any more. Um, it's it's a, an adjustment for us to understand that every single scout we do right now is going to be. Um, like the best players in the country and the best teams in the country, every single one. There's no, there's nowhere to breathe, and uh, it's it's an incredible opportunity for our guys and for us as a staff and for for our BYU community. So, Mark, before you go, how fired up are your guys? I mean, you obviously you always want to measure yourself against the best, or to be the best, you got to beat the best. How fired up are your guys to get into conference play and see what it feels like and to show everybody what they have? 
I think the guys are super excited. Um, you know, they, they've had a really good non-conference, uh, have done what they need to do. I think, I think we have forged an identity that is familiar to our guys. And um, I think we're also super humble. I mean, we know exactly what we're getting into. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> losing streaks are a part of this league also. And, um, and, but it's everything you dream of as an athlete. Can't wait to get started. Let me ask you one last thought. You were a great college player. You won a national championship with Kentucky in 1996. That team, of course, was coached by Rick Pitino, who's still going strong at St. John's at the age of 71. Mark, what was your biggest takeaway from playing for him? And do you have any idea where this guy gets that insane energy even at this age? It's great. I mean, listen, coach wins everywhere, every time. It's unbelievable. And and you know if I was gonna if I was gonna cue him up in one word it's just relentless he just will not stop and he re you know he's he's got this incredible ability about retelling the story the way it needs to be told like he'll retell it doesn't matter what happens he's gonna retell the story and point his guys in a direction to win it just is it's breathtaking to watch man I don't know if we've ever seen a coach do it the way he does it. Uh, as successfully as he does it for as long as he does it it's 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 incredible I, I got. Endless love for Coach. So one quick thought. I mean, is it is he just doing what he's always done and he's relentless? How much has he changed or morphed or evolved with the changing game? Well, he's evolved so much. So, you know, when I was with him in Kentucky, we pressed every single possession, every single second of every single game. And it was man-to-man. We had one game only in my entire tenure with him, one game only where we um, – where we actually went into a zone. It was against a great Alabama team, and it threw him for a loop. And then he won a national championship at Louisville uh, 100% um, playing a zone, a really devastating kind of matchup, change-up, spread-the-floor zone. It's just one example of how he's morphed uh, in his tenure. It, it just is, uh, he's been a revolutionary coach. Uh, you know, he was the first guy to fully, fully embrace the three-point line um, and and when it was introduced, he was just ahead of the curve, and he's kind of stayed ahead of the curve in everything he does. I keep trying to let you go, but you keep saying interesting things. One last thought, one quick follow. If you know anything about you, you know your guys are going to shoot it, and they're going to shoot oh. it from beyond the arc. And the other thing I know is shooters love to shoot. How much has that offensive approach helped you in recruiting in that regard? Well, I think it's really important. You know, BYU is the institution of faith. And and there's a lot of faith involved in shooting. It fits. It fits for us. And um, and you know the volume that we're getting up is really the is is really the most important thing. The volume of shots. Uh, we're trying to stay well over 30 every single game. And then our guys are following up by being voracious on the offensive glass. And that's a package that guys love. Our guys love it because there's so many shots. Everybody's getting them. And and I, I think recruits love it because it gives them the freedom to go put everything they have to bring to the table on the court. So hopefully it'll be a winning equation. We're about to find out, my friend. We're about to find out. Can't wait to see it. Mark Pope is the head basketball coach at BYU. My man, I appreciate you so much. I can't wait to see you in the new conference. Good luck with everything, and I hope we can do it again soon. Tons of love, Jim. Jim thanks, brother. Good night now!